The best way of improving health care for the poor is by organising health systems effectively, rather than by only looking for new cures or treatments. That's according to Cara Hansen, who presented her findings on this at the conference in London entitled Delivering Effective Health Care for All. I asked her what factors are the relevant ones for making health systems better. One is the role of healthcare financing and, um, and how to ensure that households are able to access affordable and high-quality health services. The second is looking at the availability of health workers to serve marginalised populations, particularly poor rural populations. And the third, then, is to address this gap that exists between policy design and policy implementation. I think you mentioned that some poor households are spending 40% of their non-food income on medical catastrophes. That sounds amazing. Yes, it's very high levels of healthcare um, expenditure in, in many countries. In Nigeria, where that evidence comes from, I think it, it's, it reflects the, the absence of effective insurance schemes. The households are mostly paying out of pocket for health services at the time they're ill, but also the very high costs of accessing care, both in the public and the private sectors. Now, you're in business to try and optimise the way you do this delivery, but there are some actual practical ways. You've been doing something called an experiment in choice, a discrete choice experiment. What, what exactly is that, and, and how does it help you deliver the health care where it's needed? Well, that's kind of a complicated issue. What a discrete choice experiment does is help us to understand better how health workers will respond to different types of financial and non-financial incentives. It's trying to develop information that can be used to guide policy to, um, on how to recruit and retain health workers in rural areas. It's really finding the optimal combination of financial incentives, paying them more, but also recognizing that it's not just financial incentives, that health workers respond very positively to other improvements in their working and living conditions. And you found that by doing research on this, you can then be in a position to advise people how to organize their health systems so that they get the best out of health workers and get good health workers in the places where they're needed, such as in the country. That's right. So we're aiming to, inf to help to inform policy that will set standards for how health workers should be recruited and how they can be best retained in those areas of the country that are very poorly served. And some of the information that we're gathering now really shows how important it is for um, implementation strategies to recognize the role that's played by those lower-level health workers. We call them frontline health workers because they're the ones who are at the interface of the provider-patient interaction, but also they are the ones that interpret and implement the policies from on high. And public-private partnerships is another set of buzzwords, isn't it? So public-private partnerships are a promising way of how to increase the coverage of health services, but I would say that there's very little evidence but how well they work. More generally, people use a lot of private health care in low-income countries. They do that because, uh, the, because they perceive the quality to be higher or they perceive the services to be more accessible. And so a major challenge is how to bring those private providers into the system to be able to ensure that they're providing good quality services to those who are using them. And universal coverage is another important goal. And Thailand, it seems, is a shining example at the moment. Mm, yes, so the Thai Universal Coverage Scheme um, really shows how effective a comprehensive approach to health financing reform can be. Um, the Thai system uses, uh, uses tax funding to 
channel subsidies to the poor. It um, provides a comprehensive benefit package so people are able to secure all the care they need through their through the universal coverage scheme. It covers a number of really high-cost interventions such as dialysis for kidney disease, uh, which has been shown to be absolutely impoverishing where it's not covered by insurance. And then it also has a number of things on the supply side that make the system work much more effectively to control costs and to ensure access. And your research at the Consortium for Research on Equitable Health Systems, how can you actually use it to tailor the health systems that are actually needed in each place? Because everywhere is different, isn't it? Everywhere is different, and different contexts face different challenges. I think the challenge for health system strengthening is to find that combination of interventions that's going to work in particular settings. We know what the most effective health interventions are. We simply don't know how to strengthen the systems to deliver them. And there's a need for a great deal more evidence about how to strengthen health systems so that they can effectively meet the needs of the poor. Cara Hansen of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine talking with me at the conference on Delivering Effective Health Care for All that was held at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. For audio news from the London School, I'm Peter Goodwin.